0: At today's show, we're gonna talk about a topic of how you can find a deal when you haven't done one yet. Today's guest is Lily Thompson, and she's you know, done a couple of single-family houses. But what she has done really well is built a gigantic following on YouTube, where it's almost like reality TV. You can watch her, you know, drive for dollars, knock on doors, you know, buy a house, flip a house, and we're talking about, you know, why she's thinking about getting a multifamily. Normally, we talk about people who have already done a bunch, a bunch of multifamily, but we're going to talk about someone who's thinking about it and has started to take some action in that direction. It's fascinating because a lot of us really think about single family house investing. Maybe you've done a few and you're thinking about it and you might resonate with Lily today on the show. And we talk about some of the things that are very important, some mindset shifts around going from wholesaling and flipping and Burr method to apartment buildings how that can be financed, uh, analyzing deals, and things of that nature. So she's super young, 26 years old, and I think you're going to be inspired by what you'll learn today here. I want to give a a shout out here to Kingsbury Academy, who left us a a review on Apple and iTunes. As a newbie to the real estate investing world, I just love this podcast. Practical on the ground examples of how people got their start, overcame challenges, and scaled their business. Love it. Thank you, Kingsbury Academy. I really appreciate that. I also want to give a shout out to Brian Wagers, one of our mentoring students who purchased our our dealmaker training a while ago and then started working with a mentor and uh, helped him close multiple deals. He attended a lot of our live events. He's just kind of went deep with us, which is awesome. Also went through a platform builder programs. And today he is performing at a very high level. In fact, we're going to have him on a show here next week and really understand his journey of doing his first several deals and then scaling to a very large level. It's going to be Brian Wagers. So nice job with that, Brian. Really love it. So with that, let's get our co-host on the show here, Garrett Lynch. What's going on, Garrett?
1: What's going on, Michael?
0: So. Since we already recorded the show with Lily, I kind of know what we're talking about a little bit here. And one of the things we're talking about is, is finding deals. And she's got a very unique way of finding deals uh, that we're going to talk about here, which she really leverages from her single family house investing skills and so the way we're finding deals, the way we teach deals is a little bit different, it's a little bit more mainstream is through brokers. And the reason is because these brokers make it their business to build relationships with owners of larger multifamily. And so when they're ready to to sell, they will call one of their, you know, top one or two brokers to sell the asset. And so one of the questions always comes in, this is great. So I, I'm going to get into a market, how do I build relationship with brokers fast? so that they start feeding me off market deals. Like, What are some of the things that we did, for example, when we moved into the
1: Atlanta market? Yeah. So first off, I'm going to say nothing, nothing beats proving that you're able to perform. So that's that's number one. But the catch-22 is, well, if you haven't performed yet in the market with the broker, what do you do next? And so what we did is it actually did take us about a year to break into the Atlanta market, but it was it was just complete eagerness and doing what we said we were going to do over and over again, analyzing deals, getting feedback back to the brokers really quickly within 24 hours or less sometimes on a deal if we wanted to do it, why we didn't want it, why we, why we liked it, whatever. And eventually, those relationships started to form, making offers on deals that we didn't win. All these things kind of culminated. I wanted to first, My first thing I wanted to do, my first goal is to find out who are the main brokers, who are the players, and then let's go and, and try to build those relationships out as quick as possible. And so going into the market and, and meeting with them in person, getting a meeting, getting in face-to-face, that advances you so much further. One of the craziest ones was I had never met this broker in Huntsville, and there was a deal that was very highly competitive. I just put on the best performance of my life when I met this guy, as far as just like impressing him with what we're doing, our business, talking about, you know, complimenting him, taking him to lunch, the whole thing. I I basically wine and dine this guy to a deal. (laughs) And we didn't, we ended up winning this deal. It was really competitive. And on that one deal, because of that one situation, we're up probably 200% on that one deal. But I made the decision. I was like, this is such a, it's a bit of a risk, but I'm going to fly in there, I'm going to meet them, I'm going to spend as much time getting to know that person and impressing them as I could and end up paying off. Now, that's the best way to get your foot in the door. And it's it's not an easy, there's no cutting corners. It's you got to go in there, pound the payment, build relationships.
0: That, that's it. You said a few things, be responsive when someone sends you a deal, right? Which is where the syndicated deal analyzer helps you with that and analyze a deal very quickly so you can be responsive. And very few people do that. I asked some of my brokers a little while back how many people do that about 20% of people on their list actually respond to a deal they send out. So if you're one of those 20 people, you're already in the top 20% of their list. That's pretty cool. And then the other thing I heard is build relationships in person if you can, that really sets you apart from because most of us we invest out of area, right? So it's not like you can just quickly drive, you got to hop in a plane. Therefore, most people aren't willing to do that. And you have done that. And that's what we teach as well as once you've built some relationship on the phone via email, and you kind of know who your top brokers are, then go spend a couple days in that market and it really accelerates the relationship building as well. One thing I I did want to say is that if you want to get into this game yourself and you do value mentorship, you want to work with with people like Gaird or myself, full-time syndicators, then check out our mentoring programs at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. Just set up a call, have a conversation with, with our guys to see if it's right for you. The benefit of mentoring is that you can scale a lot faster we also tap into our network of capital raisers and other partners, and you avoid some of the bigger mistakes. So if that's for you, then check it out at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentoring. Today's guest is Lily Thompson, and she tore ACL in college, and she was drafted uh, to the Harlem Globetrotters, believe it or not. And she was uh, going to travel the country, and she got on the team, and then, of course, COVID hit. And she goes, well, what, gosh, what should I do? Oh, I know. I'll house hack. Right, and she gets into real estate and starts a YouTube channel, and just basically posted videos about herself about about the single family house investing shenanigans she's done. She's built a following about 140,000 people on YouTube, and it's just a really a lot of fun. I think you can enjoy this show a lot, and and hopefully resonate with her and kind of where she is and where she's going, which is towards multifamily apartments. So let's get right into interview with Lily Thompson. Here we go. All right, Lily, welcome to the show today.
2: Thank you very much. Happy to be here.
0: All right, so tell us a little bit about about your real estate background. More importantly, why did you get into real estate? And and then what was your initial strategy?
2: Yeah, so I have been in real estate I would say for going on 3 4 years now and I got into it initially because I was a basketball player my entire life, you know, since I was 3 years old and growing up through college, and I was playing on the Harlem Globetrotters when the pandemic hit. And so no more traveling in the world, no more basketball. And I was like, you know, I'm right in the middle of buying my first post-college house. And I had heard about this thing called house hacking. And so I literally closed on my first duplex a few weeks before all of the shutdowns happened. So I found myself having just completed my first real estate deal, which we all know that, you know, adrenaline and kind of that great feeling you get. And I didn't have anything else to do. It's like, well, I can't really get another FHA loan to house hack again for a year. What's the next best thing? And I came across wholesaling and that was kind of what got the ball rolling for me.
0: All right. So wholesaling, describe wholesaling and and what you think that was going to do for you or what that did for you.
2: Yeah. So wholesaling to kind of how I, I got started, how I understand it is basically being a professional deal finder. That's what I think about it as, as being someone who understand what makes a good real estate deal and going out and doing the work to find it and then assigning that contract or to buy that property to another investor. And so what that did for me was it taught me what a good deal looks like, how to run the numbers, how to analyze, how to talk to sellers And it also I was able to make connections with local investors who were looking for those deals because I was passing them off to them. And then third, of course, it helped me build some capital because I was making, you know, five, ten thousand dollars per contract that I was assigning.
0: My first mentor was actually a wholesaling mentor and I was like, wholesalers, that's easy. I'm going to flip these things, but you're yes. right. The wholesale mentor taught me how to market for it, negotiate the contracts. So I thought that was the hardest part. You know, hiring a contractor it was like, okay, it's relatively simple. You yeah. know, so I think that's the hardest part is, is, is marketing and selling, getting on a contract. How did you learn that? I mean, did you just kind of just start doing it. Did you, you know, did you go to a seminar, read a book or how did you even get started with this?
2: I read a bunch of books. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I listened to podcasts all day, every day, and I made a lot of mistakes and learned from those too.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty cool. How many? How many have you done then? How many wholesales?
2: I did about six or seven wholesale deals before I started keeping those contracts for myself.
0: And what'd you do? Okay, what'd you do once you <laughs> kept the contract for yourself?
2: I did the bird method or like the renovate and rent. So I would. You know, use those funds I would built up to bring the property up to condition, get that new higher valuation, then do a cash out refinance to get all my capital back and then do it again. Yeah,
0: that's pretty cool. So how did you finance those then?
2: So I found a local lender. Actually, it was a good connection from someone that I'd wholesaled a couple of deals to. They put me in touch with their lender who could do a kind of a short term, you know, low down payment, give me a little bit of money for the renovation as well. And it was only like a six month loan. So I got in there, renovated those houses, paid that back with the cash out refinance. And now it's just on a typical, you know, 30 year mortgage.
0: Now you didn't do all this in private, like most investors know, you had a blab about (laughs) it on YouTube. How did you start getting into YouTube? And what are you doing on YouTube?
2: Going back to the social media and the kind of Harlem Globetrotter thing, my job as a Harlem Globetrotter was like a media kind of person, public relations type deal. And when All of that shut down, kind of sitting at home. I just, one of my friends sent me a quote that was like, do cool things and document it. And I was like, well, I think this thing's cool. I'm trying to learn how to wholesale. And that's kind of how it started. And it's really snowballed. We've got almost 140,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel now. And what I always say is that I'm documenting my real estate journey and bringing people with me. You know, it's not, I'm no expert, but I've been doing it for a while now. And Showing the up, showing the downs, showing the wins, showing the losses. And I think people really appreciate that perspective.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you 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 do stuff and it's kind of like reality TV, right? You get up and <laughs> right. You're getting up and and you don't know if you're going to be successful. And that's okay with you.
2: Yeah. I started this series, it was like getting my first wholesale deal. And it was literally the first day I went out driving for dollars with my mom. I was like, mom, hold this phone for me, tap the properties as we drive past them. And, you know, when I started that, like you said, there's, there's no way to know if I'm actually going to, you know, make it happen and get a deal. But it ended up going for, I think, seven episodes where I was driving for dollars. I got a property under contract. It didn't work out or, you know, ups, downs, ups, downs until it was finally like got a deal.
1: Did you start out right away with YouTube and real estate? And then what kind of benefits have you seen just from documenting everything that you've been doing?
2: Yeah, so the the YouTube channel actually didn't start out necessarily as real estate. It was kind of like, what is this Harlem Globetrotter thing, transitioning from college basketball to pro? I was actually playing golf and wondering, thinking about going and trying to play some professional golf. I, I grew up playing a bunch of different sports. We had just won a national championship my last year in college. So there were a lot of cool things that were kind of going on in my life that I was just kind of talking about. And then the pandemic hit, and so I'm at home, You know, might as well you know continue to make some videos. And what I found is like three things. You can educate people through social media and through creating content, which is something I know you guys do a great job of, whether that's YouTube, podcasts, blogs, Instagram posts, but then you can also like connect with people. And I was able to connect with other beginners who maybe were just a couple of deals ahead of me that I would never have connected with. They would have never known I was doing this if I just kept it to myself. And then third is it helped me also find people who are leagues and leagues above me who want to get in out of doing it themselves and get into some private investing and some private lending and those connections just by showing people, hey, I'm a hard worker. This is what I'm doing. This is what I've learned through the YouTube channel. I've had so many people who want to get involved that way reach out.
0: This is a fun thing to do. And I think you've started monetizing the channel just because you have so many followers, which is kind of cool in itself. Right. Is, is there any benefit to the real estate investing that you think from having a YouTube channel?
2: It's much harder to give up on something when 140,000 people are waiting for the next video. <laughs> you that know, it's a good we, point. It's, it's an extreme
0: form of accountability, Lily. That's, is. That is, that's, that's a good point. So, guys, this is a good, a good lesson here. <laughs> Put yourself out there. So, basically, the entire world is holding you accountable. That's a big one. Anything else you can think of?
2: Yeah, I would say that. I would also say that that connection piece, because there's a lot of other people who are doing podcasts, like I'm getting this chance to talk to you and, you know, connect with you and learn from you that I probably never would have had if I was just another one of the thousands of people out there trying to get started in real estate. So like just being able to connect with other content creators and learn from them has been a huge thing. And also helping other people like we've, we've talked about it before that once you find a little bit of success in something, most people want to show other people how they did it and kind of maybe help them along.
0: Well, one thing that you'll discover and we already have is uh, the power of the platform is well, very powerful, right? You can, you can use it to a variety of different things. If all those things you described, and, one day you may actually discover you can use it to raise capital from potential investors in your, in your deals. And I, th- I think you think it's, it's awesome. It literally, it's, it's the step, if you get into syndication, you're doing two or three deals. At one point, you can't raise any more capital one-on-one. You have to go social media. So it's, a, it's super important that you, people pay attention to that. And you've gone deep with YouTube. Can you talk a little bit more about what you did to get this many subscribers and maybe some takeaways for the, for the listeners?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway was you don't have to be an expert to one, talk about your journey and then two teach what you do know. And so at the very beginning, I was talking about house hacking because I had just closed that house hacking deal. And then as I started to get into wholesaling, it was documenting and then teaching, like documenting this happened today. Here's what I learned from it. And there's a lot of pressure, I think, around creating content. But if you look at it in that way of just showing what's happening and it's almost like a a journal, right? You're just recording what's happening, what you've learned, what went right, what went wrong. That can take a lot of pressure off of it and give you things to talk about. Like you said, it's kind of reality TV. I wake up, something happens and there's my content for the day.
0: That's right. So you're producing content regularly. How many videos are you putting out every week?
2: We're trying to get to two full-length videos and one short video.
0: Yeah, two full and one. Okay, that's pretty cool. do, do you, are you doing anything else to get subscribers besides just putting out, or is it just simply the act of putting out content that you build it and they will come?
2: 95% of it is just putting out the content, learning YouTube strategy. So I, I did a lot of understanding what should your titles be, your thumbnails, the topics themselves. And that is a ever evolving thing you continue to learn that the same way you continue to learn more in real estate but then the other five percent is we do instagram as well
1: so you have to figure out how to be entertaining though don't you
2: i think we're all probably entertaining in our own way you know like maybe everyone does have the exact same personality or or whatever but i think anybody out there who's trying to invest in real estate has something interesting to talk about in their way
0: So I'm really excited about our mentoring program because of the results that we're achieving for our students. It's really the only program out there that guarantees results, meaning that we can guarantee you're gonna do your first deal in the first 12 months. And uh, no one else does that. And we can do that because we have figured out the blueprint to getting people to do your first deal. So if you value mentorship and you feel like it can accelerate your goals, allow you to scale bigger and avoid the expensive mistakes, then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. You can can schedule a call with us there, a strategy session and see if mentoring is right for you. That's themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor.
1: What advice do you give someone on how to overcome that fear of just getting started and worrying that they have to be entertaining?
2: Yeah, I would say film and just film, right? Because I have so much footage from the early days that I was really nervous to post, but at least I filmed it. And over time, as I'm like, you know, that actually was kind of cool. And let me actually share that because that could be useful. Just having that footage then you can put it out when you choose to, even in small snippets, rather than doing nothing. Then, when you finally feel that burst of motivation to do it, you don't have anything to actually put out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hear this all the time is I don't like the way I look on camera, right? Or I don't like the way I look, right? Or I, I don't have anything to say. Like, I'm not, I'm not an expert, right? And you've talked about some of those things as well. Or I don't have a good camera or a good microphone. Right? Like, I'm not a tech person, you know? Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is, just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter just just start putting stuff out there and i mean i see Just you're using a fancy slr but you know you're obviously didn't start that way you're probably using your phone
2: yeah 100% i started with this phone right here in my bedroom and I, I didn't have a tripod so i leaned it against a stack of books and you can those videos are still up on my channel you know you you can go back and see them but i think that authenticity comes through to the people who are watching they're not a, i mean you're watching youtube or instagram you're not watching you know, a a Hollywood movie. So most times our expectations are going to be higher on ourselves than anyone who's watching.
0: Do you ever ask your audience to do something like anything, buy a book, buy a ticket or click on something or anything? Like, what do you ask your audience to do?
2: Yeah, so I do have a free like a free resource for my audience, which is kind of like a wholesaler's business plan, because most of the people who are watching me want to become wholesalers and that's free. And then I do offer, you know, my five day course that people can go through to learn how to get their first wholesale deal. But for the most part, the goal is documenting my journey and offering people a way to come along that with me, if it's just by watching or if it's by learning what I've learned.
0: I mean what would you how would you answer the the, the the objection you know why why produce content right why go through if I'm a real estate investor mm-hmm. you know in, in our world the reason you would do it primarily is is to raise capital from people right so you want to attract investors and and you want something interesting to say on whatever channel you choose and then at one point, you want to ask them to invest kind of like people, you know, you ask people to sign up for a course. And I always say, look, it's very important that you produce content regularly. Why is that important? Because a lot of people real estate investors don't understand why that's an important thing. Why is it so important for you to keep putting out two or three videos every single week?
2: out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) You know, it's something I think I learned this in basketball is, you know, you would go to a summer camp and you would meet someone who maybe is a a future college coach or a potential mentor. And they would say, you know, stay in touch with me. And I mean, as a high schooler, never stay in touch with that person. (laughs) You know, I never reach back out. But I think it's probably the same thing with real estate investors. You go to a conference, you might meet somebody. Yeah, let's let's stay in touch. And then you don't. And I think putting out content is a perfect way to just Take your phone through your latest flip or you had a couple conversations with brokers this week. Hey, here were the highs and lows. And then putting out that content keeps you in the forefront of the people's mind, whoever it is that you want to reach, whether you're trying to educate them or whether you're trying to raise money, whatever it may be, but you're there.
0: All right, so what's the Lili playbook for the average real estate investor that wants to launch a YouTube channel? Like what, what do they do? Go.
2: Make a video. I'm starting my real estate journey. Here are my goals. Comment if you want to go on this journey with me. Here's the books I'm reading. Here's you know the property that I I went driving for dollars today. I always tell people go drive for dollars. You know most people that's that maybe how they get their first deal. Go drive for dollars and then come back and tell us about it. But it's just posting that that first video gives you a little accountability and it kind of it's not as scary once you do it.
0: Yeah, I love that. Now you've started shifting a little bit and expanding. You know your your real estate mind. You start with wholesaling, then you kept a few, you burned them a little bit, and then you start thinking about apartment buildings. Now, why are you thinking – but you haven't done one yet, which is kind of cool. Why are you thinking – of? and then you, you stumble across our syndicated deal analyzer. And so normally when people do that, they have an intent, which is, oh, I'm going to analyze a deal with the intent of maybe buying one. Why are you thinking apartment buildings?
2: Well, because of the YouTube channel, I was invited to come on the um, Bigger Pockets Rookie Podcast. And through that, the people that I met, I was able to get into kind of a mastermind group of people who've done a couple of deals, right? Nothing crazy, but a group of peers. And one of them continued to say that the bigger deals take just as much work as the little deals. And maybe the little deals take more, you know, and That kind of got me thinking, and yeah, burning these deals, it's it's not easy just for one or two units. And that's what kind of got me thinking about going bigger multifamily, which was scary and still is. Like you said, I'm still on that journey talking about it on the channel. But I sent out a batch of direct mail, and I actually got a 33-unit complex under contract from that direct mail. There were some things with the inspections and the timeline that didn't work out. But in the process of learning how to underwrite that deal is when I came across the deal analyzer tool.
0: But why is analyzing deals one of the earlier skill sets? Or why was that an important, one of the earlier steps in your journey? Why is analysis so important?
2: Well, I think that there was absolutely nothing else to do unless I analyzed the deal, right? I mean, I sent out the mail, the, the gentleman called me. Let's let's talk. Okay, he told me how much he wanted for it. I have no idea if that is a good price, a bad price. Should I jump on it? Should I hang up on him? No, absolutely no idea. And so moving into that world of, you know, larger multifamily, the the first thing I had to do was at least say, should I spend some time on this?
0: So what what are some of the main differences of analyzing an apartment building deal versus a flip or you know a hold or single family house? Like what are some of the things that you encounter kind of like, oh, this is a little different.
2: Yeah. So I think the first thing was how it's valued, right? So when I'm looking at a single family, I'm looking at all the other similar single families around it, how much have they sold for, how similar are they? And that's where I'm thinking about my valuation. And as I went through, not just using the tool, but the course that kind of comes along with it, I continue to understand, you know, the net operating income and how important the expenses of the property versus the income are versus how much can we improve those things over time. It was a completely different shift, but it was much less subjective than the single family. And so I kind of really enjoyed just having that a little bit more cut and dry analysis.
0: Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It, it is much more objective, though. Sometimes you're dealing with you know with owners like this guy, and he's they're much more subjective, right? And yeah. we, we find as we get with larger properties, the owners of those beca- tend to become more and more objective, right? Where it's just mm-hmm. really in numbers and a spreadsheet. And some of the smaller owners, the kind of it's more of an emotional emotional thing. Garrett, you had a question.
1: Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I think that underwriting is kind of the superpower that. I think really it's the best skill you can have going into multifamily, especially using the, the SDA as a great tool for that, but it gives you x-ray vision into deals that maybe other people wouldn't see. So they may look at an OM and the OM to them, they're like, they don't know how to underwrite well. And they look at it and they're like, well, uh, this isn't a deal in a way. And then somebody that really does know how to underwrite and knows how to objectively look at the deal and has honed their craft, has taken the SDA course or whatever they'll look at it and they'll be like, oh, this is a smoking deal. Let's go after it. My question for you is, as you've gotten down the path into the SDA, so have you found it to be easier to look for deals than even maybe wholesaling and and some of the other ways that you've been looking for stuff?
2: Yeah, I would say kind of like you were saying, it's just, you can identify a good deal much faster. And Part of that for me has just been practicing because we're, we're working on getting our deal flow in the door, but finding just properties online to practice with and to underwrite, it definitely gives me more confidence because it is getting easier. And I just got a call yesterday from some direct mail that we sent out about a six unit, right? And so now I'm going through and kind of underwriting that. And I, I definitely have more confidence than I did at the very beginning, especially knowing I have that tool that I can just fire up and start kind of going through the 10-minute offer just to, you know, quick and dirty before diving all the way in.
0: Now, what was your plan for possibly buying this a unit, right? Because 33 units, you know, it's not the, not the biggest in the world, but it's not the smallest in the world either. Sure. What was your plan for coming up with the equity for that?
2: So bringing in actually someone who partnered with me, gave me the capital I needed for two bursts, And I, you know, was able to get them done and return the capital on that for them. And they let me know that they would go in with me on a bigger property. They, you know, are kind of finished with their active investing career. And now are just looking to passively invest. And so that was also a relationship that I nurtured through social media. They kind of saw what I was doing and reached out to me after that.
0: This is one thing about social media and YouTube specifically and podcasts is people really get to know and trust you. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Especially when you're investing and you may not know them quite as much, but they're watching you, especially on on video or podcast. You're, you're listening to us for 45 minutes, YouTube, you know, twice a week. We see kind of what you're doing and how you're behaving. And so that earns a lot of trust with people. And this is why you know, putting out content is so important, if, especially with investors, uh, because they are watching. And so this person invested with you before you did a good job with them and they said, hey, we'll do the next step. And that's how you know we're trying to build our business as well with Garrett and Drew at Nighthawk, is get that repeat, right? You do a good job. Someone puts in the minimum, checks you out a little bit, you do a good job, and then they invest again and tell their friends about it. And that's pretty cool. And that gave you the confidence to take a crack at this 33 unit. What's next for you uh, now?
2: Well, next, we're doing this direct mail campaign right now, and we are targeting some of the you know, five to 50 unit apartment buildings. But next is really, I know we had a conversation the other day, getting those relationships with brokers and being someone that they can depend on to quickly underwrite, analyze deals well, and get a response, you know, because I feel like I have the confidence, I have the, the private lenders that I can work with and learning more about syndicating. So next is really trying to get that deal flow and be someone that can close.
0: I love that you're talking about direct mail. When I first started uh, flipping, that was the thing, right? You got to send out the postcard, yeah. the yellow letter, put up the banded signs, right? Yeah. I remember getting getting stopped by a cop at five thirty in the morning. I was trying to get it before <laughs> the light was up, and he was like, yeah. oh, "What are you doing over there? I, I'm, not, I'm not just putting up a sign, you know? just yeah. take that down and put the other ten you put up also, you know." Uh, so yeah. I remember those days. Was, those are those are great days. And we talked a little bit. Uh, you interviewed me on your on your YouTube last week. And that stops working a little bit when the deals get a little bigger because they're owned by companies with gatekeepers and partners. But it it seems to be working fairly well in some of the smaller ones. So can you talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing on direct mail, where you're getting the list from, what the list is, like who you're targeting, and then what the mail is?
2: Sure. So we're still doing about a 50-50 mix of targeting small multifamily. So two, three, four units versus larger. And we pull lists either from PropStream. So building a list of high equity with an active lien or out of state owner for a vacant property. And those work really well on those smaller, on those smaller properties. Cause you're getting right to the owner's front door. And for that letter, we send out ballpoint marketing letters and, Ryan Dossey is the, the owner of that company. He reached out to me through Instagram after watching me on YouTube. He has a YouTube channel. And what they do is they actually have robots that hold real pins. And yeah. so the, the <laughs> letters, even though they're not technically handwritten, are, are real ink and they're, they have beautiful envelopes. And so we really like those. So we're pulling that list from PropStream, sending out those letters or by driving for dollars. So you know, drive around for an hour or two, load up a list of three hundred, five hundred properties. Again, this works more well for the the smaller units and sending out that mail. That's
0: pretty cool. So you got PropStream for the list, and and what is the service that sends out the letters?
2: Ballpoint marketing.
0: Ballpoint marketing. That's pretty cool. All right. So if you want to get a direct mail, then then go ahead and look into that. For 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 us, we kind of teach people to just talk to brokers. Yeah. But I love that. I love that, uh, especially in, in times when it's a little, maybe a little harder to get something to look into as well. So I really love what you what you're done on, on YouTube, and I, I'm I'm going to watch a little because I know you're going to start looking and and you know YouTube and about about your apartment building stuff, which is kind of cool to see, kind of watch. So where can people follow you on YouTube?
2: Yeah, so if you just type in my name, Lily L I L I, you can type in Lily Thompson, and it'll it'll come up. You'll see the channel. You can also follow me on Instagram. Instagram is one of those things where it's kind of like small snippets while you're waiting for one of those longer YouTube videos to come out and you can find me in the same way. Just Lily Thompson.
0: That's awesome. Well, it's been really exciting to have you on the show. Like I said, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. And uh, yeah, it's been great talking with you.
2: Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Now, first of all, I'm impressed with Lily because she has 140 subscribers on YouTube. We don't. Okay. We have a pretty good YouTube following yet. Right? She's like way more than we have. So I'm slightly jealous, but The lessons she has on the show, I think, apply to all real estate investors because there's going to come a time, maybe not in the first or second deal, but certainly by the fifth deal when you can't raise more money by meeting people one-on-one. You have to take the conversation online to social media, YouTube, podcast, Instagram. I think YouTube is a very powerful format because people can see you, unlike with a podcast. Yes, the attention spans are a little bit lower on YouTube, but I love what she said, and this really applies to any content you put out. And that is you just got to start because no one, including myself, likes the way or like the way I sound when I hear my voice or look at me on YouTube, right? It's like, oh my God, look at my first few episodes of the podcast. I'm like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing is that? Okay. So the point is you're never going to like your first few videos or podcasts you put out. You just got to put out, uh, you just got to start recording it. And the other thing that's really key, and this affected me earlier on is I didn't feel like I was an expert. Okay, I had I had flipped a few houses and had done a twelve unit apartment building day when I started blogging about this and I I struggled with this and I I realized that As long as you know one thing more than the next person, you can help that person. So if I have done one deal more than someone else and I can show you how to do that, then I can help that person. So so this is exactly what Lily was saying is you know, she had wholesaled one house, therefore that's one house that maybe the other person didn't do, and therefore she has something of value to provide. So, you know, just put out content and really start thinking about it. She's not even raising money, Garrett, right now. Okay. Can you imagine using that platform to raise capital? It's lights out. So I think the key takeaway here is really pay attention to social media early on in your investing career.
1: Yeah. You know what? I think it's like this phenomenon that most people that aren't in it can't really understand. It's, it's kind of crazy, to be honest. It's like you sit there, you just share your journey, yeah, It takes some effort, obviously, and then you start connecting with people. It's, it's more of a connection mechanism. Uh, than anything, you're adding value to people's lives. You don't even know that you're who they are at the time uh, until they reach out or whatever it is, and it's absolutely the best way that I can think of to organically raise capital as well. When you get to that point in in your career, and so you know, I think that a lot of what we do and a lot of a lot of just sharing stories is is enough to get people interested and in your your own personality will shine through that that's where people get attracted to they get attracted to your personality they form bonds with you as an individual and so i really love what you said which was just get out and film and knowing that maybe there were, you know you can use this content whenever you want to but as long as you're getting the footage you can do you can do whatever you want later that that was pretty powerful to me
0: yeah. And I love how she's starting to think about multifamily. And this is a pattern we see over and over again, right? And you guys watch and listen to this right now. You you know Maybe you're thinking single family house. Maybe you actually flipped or wholesaled or bird something. The path always ends the same way because you realize that you can't scale enough. You can't actually build up the passive income to cover your living expenses. And you're kind of stretching your head going, what am I doing wrong? And it's not real estate per se, it's simply the asset class within real estate that makes it challenging to get there with single family houses. So she's coming up with that right now. She's going, my gosh, apartment buildings, right? And so she has some track record now with some of her previous investors. But just imagine if she she starts actually start raising capital in in YouTube. And she hasn't even raised capital yet. But imagine when, when when she does. And most people don't need a YouTube channel with 140 subscribers to raise capital because you can raise several hundred thousand dollars, even a million dollars, simply one-on-one. We've all done it. And it's very encouraging. You can do that. You need a little bit of education. For example, we talked about our mentoring program a little earlier, and you can raise capital yourself. And so if this all sounds a little tiring to you and you'd rather invest passively, well, we have an option for you as well, Garrett, right? We have uh, Nighthawk Equity, which is our investment company where we actually you know, buy deals and, and syndicate deals. So if you want to invest passively in those, head over to nighthawkequity.com and just click the join button and uh, have a call with us and see if this is right for you. We'd love to have a conversation. And Garrett, what are we working on? Do we have some deal flow, or is it kind of quiet yeah, right now? Some,
1: we got some deal flow right now. Uh, well, we're we're just closing up 174 unit right now that we launched a raise for. Filled up pretty quickly, like most of our deals. But a lot of our deals out there, I mean, they're they're producing really good results. And you know, we're in a space in and in a part of the market that we just know really well. And so it's really cool to play into. The economics of of the markets that you know, and uh, you know we've been doing this for a long time. i myself eleven years, so it's and uh, it's just been an awesome journey, and I think that uh, I'm there in person more than I am uh, doing other stuff I'm there quite a bit, just checking on things, making sure we're doing what we should.
0: Yeah. yeah, inflation has been magical. it really has. I mean, we're getting valuations on stuff we bought a year ago that we didn't project for year five and so the good news is for us is we can sell at a very high return. We're, we're evaluating that, but also we can also buy and and actually add even more value on top of that because of the environment we're in. So it's it's a very unique environment, and as a result, we're seeing a lot of deal flow happening because people are selling and people are buying. So the the volume is up considerably over the last three months. So. It is a magical time to get into it, really take care of inflation. So hopefully you guys were inspired by the show today and ready to take some action. Check out the Syndicated Deal Analyzer. Just Google Syndicated Deal Analyzer. It's also themichaelblank.com forward slash SDA. Super affordable way to get into it and learn how to do underwriting, critical skill. And hopefully you'll find that and take the next step forward to multifamily syndications and financial freedom. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Catch you guys next time.
1: Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out, or looking to scale your syndication business, or looking to invest passively, head over to the slash vault
2: to gain access to our Freedom Vault.